Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO. It's the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business, and every Tuesday at 2 p.m., The Art of the CEO streams magically through the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download our episodes by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. Once again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. And we invite you to visit and explore the C's shows for your benefit. And whether you are the chief editor of a local paper trying to breathe fresh life into your community like Cliff, or if you're a video producer who puts the best deeds of corporations into starring roles and then makes them live up to it, like Dave, we're here to bring you the sage counsel of business masters to help your career and your ventures. And today's episode is called Entrepreneurial Nightmares and Some Sweet Dream Solutions. <laughs> oh yes, my friends, today we are going to face down those vicious under-the-bed beasties that afflict the innocent sleep of the entrepreneur by night and gobble up his profits by day. We're going to look at everything from financial woes and screaming investors to supplier failure and no investors. Even And even when the customers are finally catching on, the entrepreneur never is quite free from the surprises that are lurking right around the corner. <laughs> so today we're going to attack some of the more popular startup demons. And while we may not be able to completely exercise them from your life, at least we can offer you some proven weaponry, perhaps, for the attack. But before we all start raising our hopes and planning corporate victory parties, let's take a moment out there to supply everyone listening with a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. Now, that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, and so allow me to ask, will this be the day that you look deeply in at your own true self and realize that it is not a consumer who is staring back at you, and that you do not need more stuff to make you whole? Or will you knuckle under to the advertising suasions and hustle out and get in line and rush into that buying frenzy? <laughs> the choice is truly yours. And as a second utensil, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it out here. Okay. Uh, oh, here we are. Here we are. I, I, this, this is good. This is one of my particular favorites, and it's especially fitting for all the entrepreneurial spirits uh, listening in today. And it is, people may say that I cannot sing, but no one can ever say that I did not sing. <laughs> they, they were the immortal words of Florence Foster Jenkins. Now, as an afterthought, she was unlikely unconventional and admittedly without gifts of tone, pitch, or rhythm. But Miss Jenkins would rent Carnegie Hall at her own expense and belt out her own versions of opera's greatest arias. So, why not? Don't let the anvils of doubt drag your coattails down. Get out there and sing like Florence. Today's your day. <laughs> and it's a third utensil. 
Oh my, perhaps we should call today's utensil the Venture Spoon. That's the one with which entrepreneurs eat up life. Right now, we will give you the answers to uh, last week's business quotations. Today, before we leave the air, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us the name of that author, as you believe him or her to be. Simply write the name down and mail it to info at bartsbooks.com. And if, 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 if you are correct, we will send you a marvelous gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. (laughs) So, the author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said, it is unfortunate that we cannot buy business executives for what they are worth and then sell them for what they think they are worth. <laughs> Those words were spoken by none other than the outrageously successful buyer and seller, Mr. Malcolm Forbes. Yes, so now let us dig into today's feast of wisdom and square off against some of the most frequent and horrifying things that plague the bravest of business nights are entrepreneurs. And as we get into this, I must tell you folks that as an entrepreneur myself, I am extremely well-versed in both the triumphs and disasters, and personally, I have taken each of these nightmares to bed with me, along with, alas, many more. And with through it all, there's one truth I have learned, and that is, despite the fact that thousands of other entrepreneurs may be plagued by the same problem that does not make it any easier on you. And I understand you feel alone because, my friend, indeed you are. The choices of the entrepreneur in the end are yours. The results fall on your shoulders alone. But then again, to be fair, so do the exhilarations and so do the victories. So we face entrepreneurialism, that double-edged and very Damoclesian sword. Nightmare number one, they hate my baby. (laughs) They're not buying your product. No one is even interested in the product. You've slaved over it, labored over it, poured all your creative thoughts into this prototype. And after your magnum open is complete, you're still tweaking it to make it better. And no one is buying. Now, let's be honest here for a moment. Most of us do not start businesses to please a customer. Frankly, we invent some new service or widget, which which we think is grand, and we take the test tube and hold it up and yell, Eureka. Uh, you know, in, in my own case, I was actually producing my product before I realized the entire industry line of my product was in the financial dumper. I, I it, it wasn't me. No one was making money in my industry. So uh, first, let's look at an ad- uh, attitude adjustment for this this nightmare. You got to realize no one loves your product as much as you do. That's the way it is. If and if you make it, no, they will not necessarily come. So, a couple of quick ideas that might help with this are number 1, move you've got to move your eyes from the product to the customer. If your prototype really is good enough, if you've built that better mousetrap, then look at the other end. Look at the guy who who should be buying it. Number 1, Look, don't survey. Call a few customers, make dates, meet them, spend time getting a few customers' critiques. Don't don't flash out a survey to thousands. Don't focus group. Find out real, true, intimate responses to what you've done. And and another thing that you might want to try is to look at the effectiveness of your message delivery. How many people 
are actually not just receiving, but actually hearing the message about your product. I don't mean how many emails do you send out. How many people are actually getting the message? Maybe you just haven't gotten enough who are into the right hands and ears. And finally, on this one, a little tenacity always does help. A very dear friend of mine, publicist Jeannie Murphy, said that she was recalls this story of when she was at a trade show in Chicago and this young man in the booth next to her was just brokenhearted. He was almost in tears saying, I have tried this online bookstore and, and the whole program for it, and no one has any interest in it whatsoever. And finally, Jeannie was remembers consoling their Jeff, their Jeff. It, it, this will work. This will work. Jeff was Mr. Bezos, the head of Amazon, and indeed he did have the tenacity. And I think it did. I, I, I've heard tell that that really did take off. So a little, a little hope, my friends. Uh, nightmare number two. I'm searching for champagne in the Sahara. <laughs> the funding just isn't there. I keep pitching and no one wants to hear it. I just cannot come up with enough liftoff cash. Now, this is a very common thing because, let's face it, friends, money is the blessed sap of business. You need it to get going. It is a tool, and the tool is not always forthcoming. There's a lot of mythos wrapped around this precious tool. So let's take, first of all, let's back up, take an attitude adjustment. Number one, forget all the national statistics. Forget the good times or bad times or whatever economy is being fed to you. Steinway Piano, Microsoft, Starbucks, they all took off in terrible times. And if you've got the right product, then now is the time for your product. Then it now is a good time. So a couple of quick ideas on this one. Over $165 billion went in funding startups in 2014, and that's just from known sources. So, okay, it isn't everybody. It's you. You need the cash, and you personally are not finding the champagne in the Sahara. So the only advice I can perhaps offer is that it's time to stop looking in the desert and move on to more fertile grounds. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole list here, all the, the things about every every bank and VC and crowdfunding and so forth. They're all out there. I, but allow me to add just one that seems to me continually underexplored avenue, and that is angels, individuals who have money, who have cash and are looking for good investments there are angel associations, there are individual angels to be found, and you can turn shareholders into angels if you're clever. Try that, and I don't know. And there is one other thought, and that is, could it possibly be your delivery? Now, yes, uh, I mean, let's, uh, let's be real, son. Do you get up there in front of a bunch of folks and sort of blither about the wonders of your product when you really should be hitting them? Uh, writing their desires and telling them how much money you're going to make for them. Just a thought. Mark Van Heesen, who was the former head of the National VC Association, once recited to me what he considered the best ever executive summary. I'm going to share it with you. I, the, the num don't pay attention to the numbers exactly, but just listen to it. Here it goes. Executive summary. Our current two-person sales team is making 40 
sales calls per week, averaging 7% sales, netting us a total of $94,000 per quarter. We need $200,000 seed money to up the sales force to nine people, which allowing which allowing for training time will bring us an estimation of 756000 per quarter. Now, again, forget the numbers. What you've got is a CEO who has provided a track record. He's given you exact extension plans. He's given the amount needed, the growth out, uh, your, your gross product expectations, boom, it's, it's all there. It's all there. So think that way, talk that way, and it may help just a thought. Who knows? <laughs> and nightmare number three. Nightmare number three. Oh, boy. I dreamt I couldn't sleep because I was working. And then I woke up and found it's true. <laughs> yes, this is true. All entrepreneurs work like hell. There's not enough hours in the day, and I remember a friend of mine, Rich Ryan, when he was launching US One newspaper, we were talking about uh, some project, and he looked at me and he said, you know, Bart, I would really like not to have to work on Christmas Day. It's it's just hard work seems part of it. But there is an, I, I invite you to take this little attitude adjustment here, and that's, there's work and there's being busy. Being busy is not some sort of moral imperative. Yes, hard work is required, as we've said, but it's not, uh, and it's not a guarantee. But there's no connection with how each busy, each moment being busy, uh, and success. In fact, there's not even a connection really between hard work and success. You ever try working smart? Now, there's a couple of thoughts that uh, might help with uh, your overworkedness and perhaps I should take some of these to heart myself. Uh, when you start a business, uh, the work is very real, but very often the deadlines are not. If you're telling yourself that you really, really, really need to get the Johnson re- proposal out by Tuesday, ask yourself first, is that Johnson's mandate or yours? Who is, Who has set that time limit for you? And another thought, of course you want to seize every opportunity. Of course you want to seize every avenue. Great, great sign of an entrepreneur. But to lighten the load, you know, some opportunities are cyclical. They come round again. And so I just ask, is this one person, this one deal, this one situation, is this a once-in-a-lifetime sponsor? Or are there a whole lot of other similar doors available that you may visit at any time? Yeah, just, just a thought. Alrighty, let's start looking through some nightmares. Let's see, we've got, uh, oh, we've got governmental paperwork and regulations. Uh, I don't want to touch that. Failed supplier delivery. Let's put that one off. Um, oh, investor interference. No, 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 no. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, let's move on. Here's one. Here's one. Investor uh, nightmare. Gosh, too many nightmares. Nightmare number four. The earth slides from beneath your feet. Product, I'm talking project destruction, project failure. Everything you've worked on just falls into a bucket. The client has looked at your three months in the making proposal and laughed so hard he spilled his apple teeny all over your one clean suit. Or you've got some new, incredibly innovative, industry changing web store, and it's your last great hope for moving product, and it goes up. And it just goes hitless, or better yet, it gets a hundred hits a month, and with no sales. Actually, that one's a true story. A couple of thoughts here. Now, this is 
this is this is a terrible, crushing blow. You've just experienced it. And my immediate thought, and this is from experience, get out of Dodge right now. Don't weigh the consequences. Don't don't look to fix. Go go to your family. Go to someone you love and trust. Meet your 13-year-old and go out for a total surprise and take her to a play. Go on a wooden trail. Go bowling. Do get away from it. Put it behind you. Take your administrator to that elegant club she's always wanted to go to and uh, offer the best meal in town. Build a little life cushion around the rub of this consequence is what I'm saying. There's There will be enough time to face down this problem tomorrow. Heal yourself first. And that's one thought. And, you know, another is you're, you're going to make a review, obviously. And... Um, but I, I invite you to make this this uh, fix your failures meeting make make it swift. Then in the end, after you've you've had the what we can learn from this uh, disaster, make it uh, make get your ideas, but don't make your decisions immediately. The ember of this failure is still burning, and now is not the time to make vows or major turnarounds. Let your head cool off a bit. Just, uh, just move on to that. I, th- I think there's again heal yourself. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Art of the CEO streaming live from BlogTalkRadio.com. And since we have now come to the midpoint of today's feast, it is time for us to take a brief sorbet and allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among many other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. Now, you may visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom from many business masters. And today, Prometheus Publishing invites you to come to their bookstore and take a look at uh, one particular book, so that's how they do it. And my friends, I've got to tell you, this is one of my favorite book projects, primarily because of the readership. We deliberately designed this book for those people in, in business whom we call the energized elite. You, you know who you are. You're that individual who seeks fulfilling and satisfying his career. Um, and you'll not only just hear a good idea, but you'll rise up from your swivel chair, you'll seize it, you'll get, grab the tool, and you'll apply it. And so we ask ourselves, what, what do we do? Do what, what do folks like you require? And you don't need some seven-step success template. We all know that. So instead, we offered you in this in this in so that's how they do it. A smorgasbord of tactics that have brought benefit for a worldwide array of business masters. And we've made each of them short and with a, a hint of brief example. And our hope is that you pick this up. And bypass, so that's how they do it. Bypass the tools that don't suit and apply the ones that do. And while you're visiting bartsbooks.com to grab uh, some pages from, so that's how they do it, why don't you also click on that nice little blue mailbox and get a biz, get your free weekly business quips? After all, folks, it is indeed time to laugh. So, ladies and gentlemen, and all of you slaving away into the dark autumnal night, we are back with a little commiseration and hope for all those nightmares that continually plague the intrepid entrepreneur. 
So let's move right ahead into nightmare number five. And this is a little tough one. This is one that comes to you after you've been up a while. It's called The Plateau. I've reached the wall. I cannot grow. And so my first question about... We've, well, first of all, we've all hit this. Your business is just static. Every new idea just reaches out, hits it, and falls and flops down. So my first question is, is this a wall that's out there because of competition or, or a client, or did you build this wall? And you have to find out what is your operation doing. And so, so take a look at that. See, go through your own firm. Go through your own process. See what's mo- what really is moving out there. See if you're fulfilling the value proposition, and see if that's if that if the answer lies in there. And if it doesn't, remember you're you're facing a a, a wall here, a problem. And there's so there are many ways to deal with walls. Number one is that you can get someone to lead you over it. That is, contact someone on the other side. Is it time to partner with someone who is more successful and get them to show your way or hitch on to it? Is it time to provide service to someone, one that one client who in himself is moving along and could use your product or your service and you can ride along, ride along with her? as she moves forward. Eh, Just a thought. And now, let us move on to nightmare uh, number six. Oh, this is this this one. I I am stranded alone in a talent wasteland. What I'm talking about here is nobody's... I've started my... uh, marvelous business, and I don't seem to be able to hire equally enthusiastic talent. I, I, I just can't get the right people to, to do what I want. Well, first of all, let's get this straight, folks. No one joining your company will ever hold your enthusiasm, unless they were your partners right at the outset. Everyone you hire, everyone you bring on is a very real individual with a very real and self-centered agenda. A lot like you, huh? <laughs> and so a couple of ideas uh, if you're not getting the right talent. Number one, how attractive are you, my dear? In other words, how w- would you work for you? What do you present to someone uh, as a co-worker for everyone is your co-worker on the, in the company? What are you presenting to them? Do you meet their ideas openly? Do you treat them uh, with a great deal of respect? But do you know when to be firm and give them absolute straightforward direction? You know the drill. You know what I'm talking about. How attractive are you? And the other thing is how attractive have you made your venture? There's a fellow solutions architect, Val Matthews. I, I love it. He says, always make your adventure sound a little risky, not so risky as if they'll lose their job, but risky enough to sort of ignite the dare. And I think that's true. If your adventure, if your venture uh, and your adventure is something that that catches the imagination, that's good. And at the same time, if you've got a sensible path laid out, uh, if they see that in the company, then you're going to attract better people. And finally, as a thought on this. I must ask, uh, 
how high are you looking? People at at all levels are allured by uh, energetic, profitable startups. They are. They people want the new, the fresh blood. So if you're hiring folks and looking at people because they're loose ends, or uh, you're just uh, someone who's available, or you think is is sort of working at the same level and size you are then you're just going to get one more fellow to squat on the lodge pad beside you. And that's who you're going to end up with. Or have you tried going to the major trade shows, going to the uh, professional organizations, uh, reading the magazines and interview who have the list of the top people in the field? Why, are you contacting the high people? The folks that uh, have done something like what you've done before, perhaps with much larger numbers and, and more often. And if you make that connection, even if they don't bite, at least they might be able to help you swimming into the right league. So that's just a couple of thoughts. You know, you have to sort of take yourself as high as your dreams are taking you when you first started out. Remember when you started this business? Yeah, well, that's it. And we come now to number seven. This is what I call the Goliath night nightmare. You're lying awake because you are faced with some overwhelming competitor who is just impossible to match, or so it seems. Well, there's two types of overwhelming uh, competitor. Number one is the person who's beating you on price, the who just... Uh, the big box store moves in and is just absolutely killing you because they can sell it. They can sell everything in the store, twenty-five uh, percent of which are cheaper. That's that's one. Uh, the other is the uh, is the new, what I call the new method the, the the new method of business competitor, and these are really tougher to deal with. For instance, the an example of the the new business method is uh, the freelancer, the freelance writer who now finds that media is only taking free, non-paying contributions when he used to be paid paid for his work. Or um, perhaps here was one that was given me by a very good friend of mine. He was a distributor back in the early '90s, and he was a, an industrial distributor. He brought supplies to major manufacturers for whatever they needed on time, put it on, put it right by the assembly line and away they would go with it. The trouble is then online buying came in. And this guy, it was just a whole new way of buying. He was absolutely overwhelmed. He was in a war. He had he everyone started buying online. The distributors were getting cut out. Uh that's the sort of thing. This this happens to people all the time. And I would say, so let's talk to the price competitor or the person who's beating you on one thing. Um, it's time for change. If someone is beating you on price, then you it's time for you. And if, if you are just a price competitor, then you're going to have to find another niche. You're going to have to find another distinguishing part. It You may not be able to offer a higher quality of goods because maybe you're selling cocktail nuts, you know, and and nuts or nuts, but you might be able to offer 
a much better brand of service. In fact, you can almost definitely beat out the price guy by a brand of service. But I don't mean just being nice service. I mean finding out what that customer most wants, finding out the bottlenecks he's meeting with a big box store and go attack it and fix it. That's 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 one thing you could do. Now, for someone else like the uh for for the new business method competitor, the the, the freelance writer or, or the uh, distributor, this is a little different. Uh, what you have to do is you don't change niche, you change clients. You find people who appreciate your particular specialty. One distributor, when online buying came in, he found a group of chain stores who were expanding across the nation. They needed a supply link and they needed guidance as a distributor. So he stuck with them and moved with them as they needed it. So that's just something to think about as we move along. And uh, I'm afraid we're, I'm looking at others here. Oops, too much month at the end of the budget. Can't make payroll. Let's put those nightmares aside for another day. Let's come to, uh, let's come with one final, final nightmare. And this is one that comes to some entrepreneurs and it's probably the toughest. And this is the nightmare that says it's time to close up shop and get a job. I've got to work for someone else because I just need the cash. And this is happening right now to a very, very dear professional cohort of mine. Uh, She's talented beyond all belief. And uh, if you'll forgive me a personal note, if anyone out there needs someone who who knows publicity backwards and forwards and has a gush of creative ideas, you write info at bartsbooks.com. Boy, have we got someone for you. But at any rate, this happens to us all, and there really is no solution to this nightmare. So I'm going to read you a little piece of a response I gave to this person in hopes that it can give you a better take on the experience of having run your own company. Irv, you've guided the helm of an amazing triumph. And there are times in businesses when all financial remuneration just doesn't match the required needs. And such periods may be brief or bitter, or they may extend out into the long and agonizing But such lean spells are a tragedy only to those foolish enough to make bottom-line profit the sole yardstick of business success. Yes, we all launch businesses to make money, or so we're taught to say, but somewhere in our labors, our creations begin to take shape. We We really find ourselves graced by that Pygmalion touch. We fall in love with what our hands and our sweat and our minds have sculpted and brought forth. It reflects the very best wisdom within ourselves. And if you had not taken this entrepreneurial leap, I cannot imagine how much poorer you would be. So I ask you to gather up from all of the various enterprises you've sparked that wealth of life and zest and the ceaseless font of ideas, and may you move on and spread a little bit of the contagious fire that your enterprise has given you. I leave you with that. And ladies and gentlemen, as we round out today's show, 
let me offer you today's business quotation. Who was the person who said, work as if you own the company, and soon you just might. <laughs> and as a hint, this serial CEO is now running uh, one major liquor company as he has been CEO, CEO of several others. He did, and he does. So remember, if you know the name of this author, uh, the author of this quote, just send that right on to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely astounding, life-changing gift store from the gift from the Dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. I'm getting mixed up here. Finally, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, this Thanksgiving, I am thankful to you, the many listeners who have made this show possible for this most impossible host. And I am also most thankful that there are so many good people out there that they, in all walks of life, that the evil ones are the ones that form the odd, newsworthy exception. That's great for all of us. So to my faithful and playful listeners, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may visit this and all our shows by going to blog blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. So do tune in next week to Blog Talk Radio, the art of the CEO, to hear one of business's great sages, Mr. Gary Douglas, a man who bursts the greed myth and successfully exemplifies the triumph of benevolence and humanity in capitalism. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. <laughs>